about 15 years ago, I was going through a really rough patch, and it got so bad one night that I actually called the suicide hotline around 3 o'clock in the morning. And uh, so I dialed, and it rang. Someone answered, and they said, hello? It just this huge pause. And so I thought, oh, okay, I, I got to jump in here. So I said, uh, hi, um, I'm having a hard time right now, and just feeling like I might do something to myself. And they said, okay. And so I said, well, I, I just decided to call because I thought maybe you could help. Okay. Silence, silence, silence. And so I said, all right, um, well, good night. And I hung up and I just kind of white knuckled it through the rest of the night and eventually it got better. Welcome to Broken Corners, a podcast where we revisit memories, good and bad, helpful and not so helpful. My name is Armando. And I'm Karen. And today we'll be discussing situations where the help that was available really wasn't very helpful. So I want to go back to your story. Um... Were you, like, your ability to not move forward with anything, uh, you know, horrible was because you were so pissed off at the help that was not given to you? Oh. Did anger keep you alive is what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I didn't even, I didn't even really feel angry at them. I just felt stunned um, because I, you know, I had, I had seen, you know, probably PSAs or like commercials right. when I was a kid for, are you feeling whatever? Call this helpline. And. I never thought I would call one, and so um, I just didn't, like, their just complete lack of response was so astonishing <laughs> to me, and, um, but I mean, I was, I mean, I was calling because I didn't want to do something bad, and so after that, I was just, I was first, it was stunned, and then I was like, that's hilarious, and then, <laughs> um, you know, things still sucked, and they didn't stop sucking for a while, but it just, you know, it was at least a... Um, a plot point that, <laughs> that stopped right. you know like how when you if you take a cat to the vet yeah um sometimes when they give them shots they'll like tap them gently on the head because it distracts them from the fact that they're getting a shot in their hip and the cat doesn't notice at all mm. it was kind of like that that happens at my proctologist uh-oh <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> why is he why is he tapping my forehead again yeah like, oh no <laughs> that was helpful though <laughs> no i mean this um that situation does that um, dictate now, um, like you're wanting to ask for help, or do you feel like you're not like you're never going to get the help you need, <laughs> or even if it's like just crossing the street or something, like or right. asking for directions? Um. Yes. Well, I mean, not just that experience, but yeah, I probably am more inclined to be self-reliant. Right. I guess because of that kind of thing um it's, you know we had the episode where we talked about help that did arrive yes and you know and i had i've had so many instances of that but then i also yeah don't have really an expectation right. that i'm i'm gonna be saved but the help that did arrive we didn't ask for <laughs> so <laughs> might have prayed on it i don't know <laughs> But um, yeah, no, I was thinking You're Catholic. about Catholic. Where well, you were sort of Catholic. Where did you learn prayed on it? Oh, I meant prayed like what priests do. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, we were talking about technology, and technology actually makes, like you were saying, makes you self reliant. Mm -hmm. It makes you not want to ask for help. Um, you know, so I sometimes don't want to ask for help how to fix like things under my sink. 
or you know and i'll ask i'll watch youtube videos um so i don't have to ask anyone for help and i I wonder if you know that asking for help is just me being insecure Mm -hmm. that oh I, i don't want other people to know that i can't do something um but I don't know. That's it's it's that's a weird one. I'll have to handle that one. I, I'll, I'll look it up on YouTube how to fix that. <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean, I could remember an instant where um, and it's nothing as serious as suicide. But I was uh, taking a trip. I think it was 1999 or 2000 to to London, and with a buddy of mine. And um, I had bought like a huge like JanSport hiking backpack mm-hmm. to take with me because you know I was like 20 something and. Um, my mother was like, no, no, you have to take this roll, roller, those rolly roll things. I'm like, but I don't want to roll. I don't want, you know, I, this doesn't look cool. I want a backpack. I want to look cool. She's like, no, take it, take it. And for some odd reason, I listened to her. And I don't know if you know this about London, but the streets are not um, conducive for rolling. They're, they're cobblestones. A lot of them are cobblestones. And a lot of them are, back then, I don't know how it is now. I haven't been back. But, like, I broke the wheels on that thing. I ended up landing it, like, dragging it. So I even thought about like buying straps, like just put it on my back as a backpack. But yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll never listen to my mother again about anything. <laughs> that's the moral of the story. Yeah, yeah that's that's the moral <laughs> of the story. Did she traveled much? No. Yeah. So I don't even know why I listened to her. <laughs> that was was that your first um, was that your first big trip? It was my first big trip, of like alone, like without mm-hmm. family. So yeah, I mean, I was kind of and then oh, another thing she made me. God damn, I just remembered this. Oh, no, I'm having flashbacks. Uh, traveler's checks. Oh, no. <laughs> she made me get traveler's checks. Like, and she made me, and she really didn't. I just listened to her. Don't know why. Uh, and no one took those traveler's checks. Yeah. Did you have to go to a bank and cash them? <laughs> yeah. I did. Oh, no. So I, and that's so what I ended up doing was going to the ATM and, like, taking out money, you know. You know, back then, like, I mean, I don't know. It's like credit cards really weren't. The thing, like right. no one really had credit cards, so you either had cash or you had like traveler's checks or you yeah. Know. Wait, how old were you? Uh, I was like, I think it was like two thousand, so I was about twenty four. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was. That was nuts, but yeah, not helpful. Not helpful at all. Oh, that's so funny. Um, I was listening back when I. There was some episode when I. I usually listen to the episodes when I post them so that I can write the, um, you know, the mm-hmm. taglines. Right. And there was one where I was talking about, uh, talking about doctors and, you know, not necessarily respecting their authority or believing them. And at the time, when I listened to it back, I felt like, oof, you know, that's, yeah. that's a lot. But then I remembered um, when I was, when I was in fourth grade at the end of the year, I, um, I got really sick and my family doctor said I had a bladder infection. And so it, I just kept getting worse and worse and worse. I was at home for three weeks. I missed the end of school. Mm. And um, it got to the point where I couldn't even keep a sheet on me. And it turned out that my appendix had ruptured mm. three weeks before Jeez. and I had peritonitis. Nice. And uh, they had to do exploratory surgery. So I. I I don't know. That made me feel a little better uh, because at the time I felt like, oh, that's a little disproportionate that I'm that wound up about maybe doctors are wrong. I mean, I think they're they're right so much of the time, and you know, (laughs) 
<laughs> Did you get an email from a doctor? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The AMA is listening to this podcast. Yeah, I'm sure they are. Yeah. They're not they're not misdiagnosing people. Yeah. But again, I would classify that under not super helpful. Not helpful. Yeah, I, I could see that. <laughs> I could see how that wouldn't be helpful. So when you say you, you couldn't cover yourself because you had like fever, like you were burning up or? It was because, so when, the, the way, it, yeah, I had a fever um, and the way it eventually got figured out was um, my mom took me to a OBGYN mm. and they did, yeah, my abdomen was distended okay. and they did a, um, they did an x-ray and and I had a pelvic exam, which pelvic exams are awesome all the time. Mm. And then when you're eight, so good so good um but the he was he was the nicest doctor and he basically saved my life he really did because Mm -hmm. they they got the x-ray back and um they just said you know your daughter has a mass the size of a grapefruit in her abdomen wow um which as it turns out was just from everything exploding and then sitting there for three weeks um so yeah i had i had to have exploratory surgery so they were super relieved that it was just my appendix right but then, because it had gone on for so long, um, they had to put drains in, and wow. they had to leave the incision open mm. for, I want to say a week, maybe longer. And so, every, this is, I know it's so gross. I'm like squirming. Every, I'm like, oh, every no. Every day, they'd come in, and they would open it, and oh, they, would, God. they would pour peroxide into it. Um, what are they? What are they pour? Where are they? What? Where? <laughs> into my abdomen. Holy shit! So like in my hospital bed, they. I was eight years old. They'd come, they'd come in. My mom. My mom was amazing. She stayed there. Like she slept in the chair in my room the right. whole time I was in the hospital. Um, but yeah, they'd come in every day and they would just tap, like open it back up. And because it had just been so infected, I know that's yeah. so gross. Um, they just had to keep. Yeah, keep it. They had, yeah, they had to keep pouring a disinfectant into it, and wow. then after a week, they were like, "It's okay." And then again, still in my hospital bed, then they stitched it up. Wow! wow. Fuck. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah. Wow. And that's where my um, that's where my not being good at math started, because I missed the last three weeks of school. Oh, well, there you go. That's so like... I missed learning how to do long division. Or no, I missed learning how to do fractions Yeah. at the same time as everybody else. So then once I got into fifth grade, I was like, this is hard. I don't understand. And then you gave up. And I didn't want to ask. Yeah. See, the not asking ah, goes there you go. much further back than the suicide <laughs> yeah, well, hotline. Of course it does. Um, and yeah, it, it was a weird thing. That was a big, that was a big event. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I, I, I could see how that would. Um... And I still have a massive scar from it. It looks like, uh, it looks like I had. Um, an old school cesarean. Wow. Also, oh, must be like the the little dots on each side or something like that. Like no, the, it's uh, like from my belly button down six inches, yeah. just a straight up Ooh. inch wide scar. Because mm. fun times. Yeah, but that was so. That was like you asked about the sheet. It was right. because I was. It was so inflamed that I couldn't even handle the pressure of like wow. clothes. Holy cow. Yeah, and but that's what it was. So like when you're cooking like a quarter cup, it's really hard for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think about it too much. <laughs> I, I um, went to the doctor once. I went to the emergency run, uh, room, and um, I, I don't know how old I was. I must have been like fourteen, and I thought I had appendicitis, mm. and I just was. Um, I was in so much pain, and I'm sitting in the emergency room, and I don't. I don't. Oh, it, it must have been. They must have um, taken an X-ray to see that I was like constipated. Okay. And I don't know what 
Like, sir, there's a ten foot cobra. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I know it worked, but the male. Yeah, I know it worked. Because <laughs> it did. The male nurse. Always, I saw him putting gloves on, and then he basically lubed up his hand and put his finger in my ass. Yeah. And then, like, five seconds later, I ran to the bathroom. I said, I have to go to the bathroom. And just basically, he made me... He pushed a button back there, and everything just came out. A poop button? Yeah, the poop button. Wow. I, I've been searching for that button since. Because sometimes, you know, I, I have a hard time. Doing, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it wasn't appendicitis. It was just... Just poop? Uh, yeah, poop. Wow. Good time, yeah. I'm not... I wasn't familiar with that treatment. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> it was special New York hospital <laughs> license nurses. Yeah, but that was that was helpful. That and I didn't ask we're for doing it. Were helpful? Unhelpful. Yeah, and I didn't ask for it either. <laughs> Did I tell you about that classified ad for the bouncy castle delivery guy? No, maybe I'm not sure. I was looking at classified ads on Craigslist, and uh, <laughs> there was one for on Staten Island. Um, they needed a delivery man to deliver, like, bouncy castles to homes that were having a children's party. Okay. And do the setup. And um, it was just, it was an entertaining ad. And the, the part that killed me was at the end of it, it had this checklist. And instead of, you know, where you would check, instead of just being like, it said it was a checklist, but you weren't just supposed to check it. It would say, can lift 75 pounds or not? It would, you know, this or not. And then at the end, it said, um, registered child molester or not. Craigslist. Craigslist. <laughs> because it said, you know, we'll be right. working with children. Cannot be sex offender. But so the or not is <laughs> makes me laugh. So the... Uh, I've been thinking that a lot lately when people say things. Uh, Do you, was did, this helpful or not? Oh, I was wondering if you got the job. <laughs> <laughs> Or not. I can't lift 75 pounds. Nah, I can lift 75 pounds. I just probably wouldn't want to. What is it? I don't pounds? have a commercial driver's license. That's for oh, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. For the, I mean, oh, I guess I guess my daughter's about 75, 80 pounds. I yeah. Can, I could pick her up. I can, yeah, I definitely like, well, I can lift people up if you're going to get on my back. Yeah, but who wants that? So many people over the years. <laughs> just, like, Who wants that? Karen, I'm going to... How dare Karen, you? No, like, I, no, but I, I wouldn't want that. And also, like, we're like we're adults. Like, well, not on anyone back. Okay, I haven't... I, I probably haven't done that in about 10 years. But yeah, I used to give Deirdre's ex-boyfriend rides on my back. Jack, remember that guy? He's skinny, though. No, I don't he's remember that guy. Man, though. He's tiny? No. I mean, he's skinny, but he was, you know, he's probably 5'11". I feel like there's more to this story that I, I don't know if I want to know or so you used to give him rides on your back like what led like where how did we get there uh, it was something I just did like work backwards then... Tarantino it and work backwards <laughs> no he's one of those people that beat a joke into the ground so like it was something that just happened just happened once <laughs> and so then <laughs> you know it would come up right oh you could give me a ride but yeah okay but I am old now, and I also have hurt my back really badly probably three years ago, so mm. I wouldn't, you know, like, I wouldn't try to give you a ride right now. No, I'm, like, 200 pounds. I don't think you should, like... I could uh, do it. 
damn it, don't. <laughs> I, I, well, yeah, I could do it, but I'd probably. Well, there's only one way to. Pause. Only one way to. And then new memories. <laughs> new memories. Splat. Well, welcome to Broken Back. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast where, well, Karen's back is broken. <laughs> I'll put the microphone next to you on the floor. <laughs> New memories. Uh, uh, then we'll just say it's appendicitis. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just want to move away from that. So, are you... you? Did you, as a kid, here, mm-hmm. here in Queens... Yes. Versus me in northern Michigan. Right. Because uh, we're, we're pretty close to the same age. Yes. Um, were the Little House books just in the schools when you were a kid? Um, I, you know, I didn't, I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't know they were books. I only knew them from the TV show. Oh, okay. And my mom and sister used to watch them all the time. Gotcha. Um, and I felt like, I didn't like the show mm-hmm. um, because I just felt like it was for girls or yeah. women. And, um, yeah, and it was uh, boring because it was like, you know, it's not in modern times. You know what I mean? Like, I just felt like I didn't, I had no, like, frame of, like, care. <laughs> or, like, yeah. you know, frame of reference to, like, be interested like in. It just didn't feel relevant. It didn't feel life. relevant at all. Um, and I know, I've seen, like, a couple of episodes. So, yeah, when I found out they were books, I was like, oh, they're books. And there were not a lot of Latinos on that show. No. Uh, where was it? In Oklahoma? Where, where? I don't, where, where did, was the... It's, I'm not sure. I mean, I know, I know where they were in real life. I'm not sure which... Because they, they they went all the way from New York to mm. North Dakota okay. in various areas because Pa had kind of an itchy foot. Okay. And so, in real life. Um, and so I don't know which era they picked to base right. the show on. Okay. So, this was like a going out west type thing. Yeah. Um, in like 18... It was it was just post-Civil War. So okay, so like... 1880s. 1880s, okay. Yeah. Uh, did Pa fight in the Civil War? I don't know if he did. And did he fight for the right side? He did, well, he would have, because he, um, he was from New York. Once again, did he fight for the right <laughs> side? <laughs> I think, I think in, in the very first book in the series, which... Which is called Little House in the Big Woods. Okay. Because each of each of the books are called Little House something. So mm-hmm. the, it's the second book in the series that's Little House on the Prairie. Okay. Um, but in the first one, Little House in the Big Woods, it was when they were in upstate New York. Mm. And I do think they talked about when the, the whole family got together for, a, um, I think it was for the sugaring off dance. Okay. Which was where everybody came together to make maple syrup. Mm. And then they also had a party. Um that one of the one of the cousins or one of the uncles I think was a veteran from the war. Okay. So I do think I do think there was a mention of it. Oh. Yeah, but I'm a little I'm a little rusty. Yeah. On that. So how many books were there? There were oh man I feel embarrassed I think there were eight. There were eight books. There were eight and then there's there's sort of shorter ones. Okay. Um, there's a really there's a short one after the. The, up to the point where basically Laura gets married and mm-hmm. there's one right after that called The First Four Years that's about um, the first four years of her marriage to Almanzo and then there's a book called West From Home mm-hmm. nope West For, wait 
There's okay. There's two after that. You're one. gonna get so many emails. I know. Uh, oh, everybody's coming like, after Everyone's me. coming. Like, I can't believe you don't know. And me. I bet everybody <laughs> listening just can't is just loving this uh, recap of all things. Tracy might. Because <laughs> Tracy likes that. Yeah, she grew up on that. Well, okay. Wait. So, but aside aside from that, so there's a, there's a ton of books, and they go into, <laughs> you know, Laura, Laura, and eventually Laura and her husband. There's letters um, from when they they moved to the Ozarks. Okay. Um, and had their farm there. Um, and then there's another book called, which I think is, I don't know if it's West from Home or not, but there's one where Laura's daughter, who was a journalist um, and lived in San Francisco, um, Laura came to see her during the World's Fair. And so okay. there were letters exchanged during that. So so all together, there's, there's about a dozen books. Right, that's a lot. The first World's Fair was a, like in San Francisco was like a, like the turn of the century, right? Like nineteen hundred, it's like eighteen ninety nine. I want to say nineteen fourteen. Is it nineteen seven? Okay. Was it? Could it have been post World War One? I? I really don't know. Wow, we are. I'd have to look that up. Um, I swear we're smart. But a lot of people, the, a, a lot of people actually uh, say now that the books were written by the daughter and not by Laura. Oh. Because the daughter was a professional writer. Gotcha. And so the um, what's in the books is not literal truth. It, it's, you know, to some extent it is fictionalized. Right. Which definitely wasn't something that I knew as a kid. Did she, did Oprah out her? Because she claimed it was Oh, the, the James Frey <laughs> yeah. effect? No, it was not Oprah. Um, yeah, most people don't talk, most people don't talk about it. What that? Well, no, I mean it's a book because most people don't care. No, of whatsoever. course not. But the thing is, so you said, like you said, that um, it seemed like it was for girls, and, yeah. and I will say, like that, that's part of why it's such a formative series, it, or at least yeah. it was, you know, for someone my age um, who read a lot. Um, but you know, it was kind of like a Anna Green Gables, or yeah. you know, that in that kind of vein. So, just I think last week. There's there's an award which was the um, I think it was called the Wilder Award, but it was pretty prestigious, and I guess it had only been it had only been awarded maybe six times over the past sixty years. Wow! Um, it's for children's literature, and I think um, previous winners were Beverly Cleary and um, E. B. White, which mm -hmm. is um, Charlotte's Web. Mm -hmm. And I can never pronounce this guy's name. The the Dr. Seuss guy, Theodore Geisel? Geisel? Sure. Yeah, one of those. Seuss. But so it was, you know, it was pretty heavy hitters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty, like like in people who really literature. made an impact on cultural, like, literature, you know, children's literature. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and it's an award that comes from the American Library Association. Um, but they made the decision to take, um, take Laura's name off the award. Why? Um, because they felt that it, I'm going to quote from the, the Times article here, um, that it, they couldn't reconcile it with their values of inclusiveness, integrity, and respect because of the characterization of um, people of color and specifically Native Americans mm. in it. Um, because they, there's a particular sentence that gets said many times, which is, um, the only good Indian is a dead Indian. Oh. And. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's so it, so they decided they're not they're not saying it shouldn't be the access to these books should be limited. Right. But they just you know. But that's. 
What's the context? Man, like, what? I mean, I'm not saying it's a good sentence, but like, the, like you have plenty of um, different literature where, you know, um, you know, hate speech is pretty much said, but the context of how it's used. Yeah. It, like, if it's not glorifying, it's part of a story, um, you know, like, it's, it's kind of like. Well, that's what was interesting to me about this. Um, as I read articles about it, they. I'm I'm in no way excusing it, and I'm as far helpful or not. I I kind of go land more on helpful. Um, I I think, I mean I it, I I think especially if it's going to be available in public schools, that you need to have, you need to have the discussion or at least a forward or something yeah. to say that this is particularly if it's in curriculum. Right. To say that this is this is not acceptable. Right. This is a reflection of, but it's like with you know like Huck Finn or yeah, no, with, you know the language that was being right. used. Um, but there does need to be, you know, communication and sensitivity yeah. around that. And when I was a kid, there de- it was definitely just take this home and read it. Right. But um, with that said, it was so interesting to me because when in these articles where they would talk about you know, the specific instances that were problematic in the books. Um, when I was a kid, I always thought, I thought what I took away very clearly was that that was wrong. Mm. I didn't, I came away from those books thinking that treating people differently based on their color was right. not okay because it's, it's almost always Ma, it's Laura's mother, right. who says that stuff. And she's always, she's very... Um, She's very proper and she's very focused on being ladylike and being appropriately behaved as a woman. Okay. And she's tough too. She's, you know, she she does really, you know, they were they were people on the frontier and she helped she helped Pa build a cabin out of logs right. and you know, she she was a tough customer in a lot of ways, but it was always her being afraid mm. of people that were different. And so when these things would be said, um it was it was never Pa saying them, and in the books, Laura's the narrator. Laura's right. the person you identify. Mm-hmm. With. Um, Laura wants to be like her dad. She doesn't want to be like them, and right. so I never, you know, there were there were things that. So basically, the book the book that's actually called Little House on the Prairie mm. is where they moved to land in what is now I want to say Kansas. Okay. And out in the middle of the prairie, and they made a homestead and they built a cabin, and. They were kind of scraping by. I don't think they were even doing that well out there. Um, but they, they had this horrible bout of malaria and almost died. And the doctor that came and saved them was black, mm-hmm. which I thought was awesome. <laughs> when I read it, I didn't really. How did Mafia about that? I She was passed out. Okay, so she didn't know. Yeah, yeah. But um, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't take anything negative from that. But then, so eventually the... Um, the Native Americans in the area, I, they had this giant tribal council and mm-hmm. they just started streaming by this cabin. So they're in the middle of the prairie, 40 miles at a time with no cars from the nearest settlement, which right. I, maybe was Indianapolis. Um, and just hundreds, maybe thousands of Native Americans are just walking past their house. Right. And you know they were terrified because and they they could hear this you know there was an encampment near them and they knew there were it was a tribal council right. basically but they didn't know what was going to happen and um 
what what turned out was that they they had no business being the Ingalls had no business being there. They had just said, "There's open land. We're gonna go." Yeah. And it was Native American land, and in the end, the the feds the the army came in and kicked them out. And the, so, the Ingalls. Yeah, they just had to abandon their wow. their homestead and leave. Um, and I, I I don't know. I didn't maybe. Maybe I should reread them and yeah. see if I feel differently about it. But it was just interesting to me because um, I, I, I I was thinking, is there, when I heard that they were taking the name off the award, I was thinking, is there a parallel with the Confederate statue gotcha. kind of situation? Um, well, I mean, I, this is a hot take. I don't think that, you know, I feel conflicted about the statues. Um, I... I I, but also at the same time, I could understand why people would want them down. But I mean, I think, you know, kind of what you were saying before, I think these things need to be used as um, education, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and just symbols of um, where we were and where we want to be, where we want to go as right. a society. You know, one of the issues is if you start hiding things, if you start hiding things like, uh, just whether it's racism or whatever, you know, the idea then is, oh, well, then it's it's gone. Everything is, is fine. Yeah. Uh, we kind of had that situation when Obama was president, right? Like everyone, oh, we, you, there's a black president. Yeah. Racism's over. It's not. <laughs> it's, it's clearly yeah. not. Um, but I will, I mean, um, as, as someone who worked in historic facilities, um, it's been a while, but uh, there's, a, there's a difference between... There's a so a statue is to honor someone, right? And that's not the same thing as a display in a museum. That's true. That acknowledges right. and educates on right. the topic. Um, when I when I worked at the at the the farm in Kentucky, right? Um, we were we were only open nine months out of the year, so during the three months we were off, we would do planning for the coming season, and you know, we kind of took these random, almost school busy trips different places. Um, and on one of them, we went to this historic site that was um, down at the foot of the property in a town called Dover. And in this little museum, they had this massive, and now I wonder if I'm right about this or not, because I'm second guessing it. Um, because to me, it seemed more like a statue mm. versus an exhibit. Okay. But it was this whole thing about Nathan Bedford Forrest and what a hero he was. Right. And I was just horrified. And I was the only... I was one of only two people who were not Southern who was working there at okay. the time. And I was and I was the manager. Right. And I was um, anywhere from 10 to 25 years younger than everybody else. So it was, you know, it had it had its dynamics going on in the first place. Um, and what is what is he famous for? So he so he was a, <laughs> he was is, a Confederate general. Why is he being honored? He was a Confederate general. And this was all about what a hero he was. Right. And I was horrified, and they everybody just kind of looked blankly at me. I don't know what I said, um, and I said, "This is this is the guy who's he was the first Grand, grand Wizard of the KKK." Right. Okay. It, and they, everybody said, "Yeah." Yeah. And there, I don't. I remember just being completely flummoxed by yeah. that. That there was no, no additional context to right. it. But also, I mean the. Um, when I worked there, one of there was a day when we came in, we came in off the farm into the visitor center to change, you know, to, to close up for the night, and our um, our facilities workers, who interestingly enough were um, contractors through Brown and Root, 
Um, do you know them? No. Remember like that that uh, firm that Cheney uh, oh. had the connection with? Yeah. So they had been. We were a federal mm-hmm. um, a federal piece of land. We were the the museum that I was working at was funded through the Forest Service. Okay. Um, and so then all of the upkeep was um, contracted to Brown and Root. And uh, Brown and Root, there are also people who were, um, some of them were paid to go over to Iraq. They were some of the, mm-hmm. the oh, like service the, contractors yeah, yeah, yeah. over there. Uh, and there, and, I mean, and everybody, they were great people, but it was just, it was interesting yeah. um, that that was the situation. So we came in and the, um, our... Our base, like our, uh, she was more than a janitor, but our, our, our facilities person, she was this amazing little, uh, little blonde woman who looked like a Cabbage Patch doll, and she had, um, she had found when she was cleaning the bathrooms, um, these these flyers that had been put in there, and then it turned out that it wasn't just in the bathrooms. Some they had gone, people had gone through, and in all of the books in our gift shop had put right. these in there, and what they were. Um, were I'm not a big fan of saying n-word but I'll say it they were n-word hunting licenses right like they were in you know said you know the most racist things I've ever gotcha. seen so they yeah they had just come in and they had gone you know we were one facility on this yeah. massive federal property and they had gone through and just, just papered the whole place with that, so you know, it's not. Yeah, it doesn't work. I mean, I, I'm not saying the Nathan Bedford Forest and the museum thing <laughs> is directly parallel to that, but it, it is. You know, no, there I mean, there's a, a larger context. Right, because to it, that situation. you're right. They they. I mean, there is a certain group of people who are honoring that, and they're honoring it because exactly what that person did. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah. Why not tear them down? I don't care. <laughs> but, well, I mean, also the also the when the statues were put in, right. I'm sure you've seen this, but there's there's a direct correlation to them being put in at the time when civil rights were were coming in. Yeah, I mean, it is. Yeah, it, no, you know, it was a it was a backlash. Yeah, it's 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 basically people losing control and they want to hang on to something and they hang on to yeah. these horrible things. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't think anyone is saying. Um, let's say that Robert E. Lee didn't exist. Right, but there's but maybe don't right. put a statue up. To no, I mean town you, square. There's never any fear of these people being erased. It's more along the lines of, I mean, I, and I'm I, you know, I say like they, you know, you should have some sort of educate education with it. But I mean, exactly what you just said before, um, we're not there as a society, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, I, we're not mature enough. <laughs> so to have like a real dialogue about anything yeah so yeah i mean if that's the you know my guess might as well just remove them but i don't know if i see it the same way as that award i don't need i don't think it's a i don't think um, it's a direct you know i parallel. don't yeah it, it might i don't know i don't know it's too hard it's like and you know i like to think that i'm very progressive but i also at times think that you have to be careful about how where you start like pointing the progressive i don't you know i think context means a lot there's tons of literature from and authors who have written horrible things yeah uh in in you know various contexts and i don't i, I still think that literature um i don't think you should ban literature no 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 and they and that's yeah. not what they're <laughs> no and they're not i know but i mean yeah. i have a fear of like banning um like banning books because it's not you know, I think you 
I think it was Edward Said who, who basically was like, I have no representation in books, you know, major representation, or, you know, I'm, I'm totally misquoting or whatever, but he says, you know, one of the reasons for reading Western literature is to look at how people of color or colonized people are portrayed in that literature mm. and, and find an identity there uh, and there to, to basically contrast against, you know, the colonizers. So I think you should, you know, everything that's available, whether it's hate speech or not, should always be read, you know, and, and, and just, you know, see how people are portrayed or whatever. Yeah. And I don't know anything about those Little House in the Prairie books, but, you know, I, I mean, I don't know the context, like I said, but I'm sort of like, you know, usually when there's a narrator, if the narrator drives the motives of, you know, how the, the reader feels, right? So yeah. the reader usually tries to identify with the narrator. It's very, sometimes very hard to have a narrator who is just disgusting. I mean, we have it sometimes. Yeah. But it, it leads to sometimes a, a not a good reading experience. So if right. she was driving towards any racist feelings, then maybe that's different because that's a glorification of it. Right. But if she's, you know, like, oh, you know, one, another character said it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and it's... It's just taking the name off an award. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not... But it means something, though. It, it does mean something. And it is in terms of representation, it meant whether whether it was her or her daughter right. to have these books coming out in the early 1900s and to be so well-received right. um, and just have them be written by women. Mm -hmm. that, yeah. mean, that means something. Right. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, but I, I do think it's important. I, I think... I think so if if I was if I was, you know, um it sounds weird to say a chi a child of color. If I was if I was a if I was a kid in a classroom kid, and I wasn't kid like of color. I mean that even a kid of color. That that was my hip hop name. <laughs> when you had the flat top. Yes. Um I think you just say a young person of color. I don't know. I don't know what the proper terminology is. It's weird, is. right? Yeah, uh, child of color. Child of color. Okay, because uh, I didn't. I felt weird about just picking one. But okay, let's say, let, let's say because they are the ones being talked about most of the time. Mm -hmm. If I was, if I was a Native American kid, okay, um, in a class, and where I grew up, the only people who weren't white were Native Americans. Really? Okay. Yeah, that was the only diversity in my school whatsoever. Um, so if I was a Native American kid who was in one of my classes, yeah. and we just had, like, the Little House books were the books that you could just take home and read you know right. on the rack that's in the classroom in fourth grade um if i got to the part about the only good indians dead Indian, yeah that would be problematic yeah that would be problematic and so then on top of that to see that there's an award mm. i i can see okay i'm okay with, so that's why i'm okay with an i'm still i'm still a massive fan and i like i said i didn't that is not what i took from it i right. never took that that was that yeah. was correct because that that sentiment was completely in opposition to every other value that they taught and they right. taught their kids and that they talked about in those books. Right. So that to me was like a glaring red flag of, of course that's not true. Yeah. She's afraid. Right. So it's, but, but I will say if I, you know, if I was, if I was a kid, if I was an eight or nine year old and I had, you know, yeah, the only good Indian's a dead Indian. Please, yeah, it's please, not. please no one edit this to just have my voice saying the only thing that that Indian over and over. Um, but I, I, anyway, I get it. So for the helpful or not, I kind of, when I heard it was happening, I, you know, was like, oh, what's going on? But then, you know, at least yeah. it's. I mean, I didn't even, you know, God, 
here's here's my privilege. I wasn't even thinking about like the poor child who's reading this. You know what I mean? Um, but I was just thinking of more along the lines of like, you know, don't censor the hate because the hate definitely exists. Yeah, don't pretend it didn't happen. Yeah, don't pretend it didn't happen. And don't, don't pretend that don't pretend that people who were otherwise good, yeah. quote unquote didn't think right. this stuff and didn't right. say this exactly. stuff. So, yeah, that's what I was thinking. But, of course, yeah, I mean, a child, you know, I mean, I only know, like, maybe two Native American, um, I don't think that's the terminology anymore, uh, first world nation, is that it? I'm not sure I don't what know. it is. The, I, remember, I apologize. Remember the, um, what, you know, I listened to the podcast Food for Thought. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in one of, one of the guys on that panel, um, Tommy Pico, he's, uh, he says indigenous. Okay, no, that, that makes sense. So yeah, yeah uh, indigenous of this country. I mean, I, I only know like one or two authors, and I don't even know the second. I, Sherman Alexie, right? And then I don't. Do I know another one? I don't. Um, so I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, please step it up in the uh, writing. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just kidding. Um, wow. No, I mean even. Well, hey, just to plug Tommy, he's got his either third or fourth book out right now of um, long form poetry. Okay. Yeah, he's awesome. He's killing it. No, I mean when you know we were when I went into grad school for um, lit and writing, it was one of the things was the, the representation of you know indigenous uh, folks of this country and and also Asian mm-hmm. uh, for like you know literature. There's just nothing. Almost there's very slim pickings and it's you know it's unfortunate but like you know because not everybody you know some people need to see themselves in whatever they're watching or reading and yeah you know it kind of goes into uh, what we were talking about earlier the pose the show with the um pose oh pose <laughs> yeah so you know like, I, was thinking, I don't <laughs> like, know what I was thinking what were you thinking <laughs> so like you know the representation through having the actors I think it's the largest uh, ensemble of like trans actors, actors. so Pose is um, just for context Pose is Ryan Murphy's right. re- new show it's it's four or five episodes I think in. they're in five episodes um, and it's about the um, the ball scene in New York which um, the ball scene <laughs> I've, t- I've talked way too much about Drag Race. Yes, RuPaul's but it's fine. It, it, it fits here. But, but RuPaul, so RuPaul's Drag Race is, uh, there's there's a movie called Paris is Burning. Paris is Burning, documentary. Yeah, that's a documentary. And, uh, you know, RuPaul lifted a lot of the lingo yeah. uh, from the ball scene. So what, like when you, um, maybe everybody knows this now, but I sure didn't for a, a long time. Um, so like the Madonna song Vogue, mm-hmm. Voguing is... You know, yes. the, the dance movement expression that was done during the ball scene. And so um, the ball scene, you would, it was a competition where you would walk categories. And so categories would um, be things like butch queen, first time in drags, or um, the realness, or face, or royalty. And so people would, um, you know, beg, borrow, or steal a lot of stealing um, to get outfits together and then they would go um you know and just serve it and it was a huge part of the the scene in harlem and there, there was a judges panel um and so yeah so this show it it's yeah. it's showing um and in there's in the ball scene um and now in drag too there's the the culture of having houses where you have sort right. of a house mother. Yeah, like it's like foster home almost. Yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So all of you know people who 
um, were kicked out of their home for being gay or being trans, um, then, you know, there would be someone who was sort of established in the scene who would then form a legendary house. Once you had scored well enough, you became, your status was literally called legendary. Um, so, like, in real life, there's the House of LaBeja. Have you ever heard of them? No. Um, or... Well, so, and that's, that's where, that's directly, you know, Madonna got her stuff from, oh shoot, I can't remember his last name, which is terrible because his house name, but Willie something. But anyway, the, you know, our pop culture has very liberally helped itself to yeah. elements from well, yeah, the ball that, culture. That for, makes sense. <laughs> and, and the ball culture has existed all the way back until like the, I want to say the 1880s in New York. Really? Yeah. Wow. People have been gathering That's, to do this. Wow. Yeah, so this show is really, um, I'm, I'm really digging it. It's, yeah. Um, I think the, yeah, it's, it's, it has the largest representation of trans actors, and then on some of the episodes, I saw maybe on three or four that the um, Our Lady J and Janet Mock were writers on it. Oh, I don't know who they are. Um, they're both they're both trans women, okay. um, and Janet Mock is um, an activist who's been who's yeah. very involved. She's just the most articulate person ever. Um, uh, she kind of came, got got big. <laughs> Got big as far as, you know, uh, people being more aware of her around the same time as Laverne Cox. Um, but I don't know. What do, what do you think about it? No, that? I think it's a great show. I mean, I, I, I didn't watch, like, all the episodes, but Tracy was watching um, when we were off. And, like, I would just walk in and out. But, like, it was – I would stop and sit and watch. And I was like, wow, this is actually – and I don't really care so much about the ball scene. I was more, mm-hmm. like, interested in the – the dynamics of the helping of people and like you yeah. know like the runaway the youth and things of that nature and how they would come into a house and like there was all these rules and then they would literally call the head of the house mother mother yeah and yeah. um you know and just like that like you know just services like social services like caring and like i thought that was really interesting but also like you know just also what's interesting is like having people having this you know outlet to kind of like be who they want to be mm-hmm. even though maybe that's you know they're, that's like most ideal you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's like pushing into his limit. It was just fantasy. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and that is also a level of escape, but also, like, an, you know, an escape that's needed. Well, yeah, I kind of didn't get it about the ball. Yeah. The, the actual balls right. for a while. Of, you know, what, you know, okay, so you, you won. Right. What does that, that yeah. mean? But it's such a, it's such a, um, not just the, there's your, you know, your physical appearance through the costume and then your attitude right. and then the voguing yeah. and the presentation and it's just um i don't know i i think it's just the you know in those moments they were free to actually yeah. after being so limited in the rest and of accepted lives. yeah the acceptance like oh people love me for something that i want to do yeah no it's really powerful i mean and also dawson's in it from dawson's creek come on you have to watch it <laughs> G- <Vanderbeek>? yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's that gross he, boss. Yeah. So <laughs> I walked in. I was like, Dawson? Oh, let me take a seat. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I mean, and then, um, but, you know, that's the representation. And, and, and I, you know, it's kind of hard with acting, right? I mean, because, you know, they are acting and, you know, so I think we were also discussing the Scarlett Johansson thing and, like, she's getting, like, her, maybe, I don't know if it's a role or something. And, you know, I guess what I'm saying is, can actors should actors be kind of called out when they're trying to 
take on a role for another, whether it's... Uh, oh, you mean like is the... Is it better to have a polished actor or to have representation? No, I'm not even worried about polished actors or not. I'm just saying, like, um, is there a happy medium to have both? Like, can, like, you know, can can Scarlett Johansson play an Asian trans, (laughs) you know, Mm. know, and, and, and get away with it? And it doesn't seem like it's appropriation or something of that nature. Right. Um, But also at the same time, have, you know also available roles for everybody. I mean, I know, you know, yeah. like, if it's, if you're acting, aren't you just acting? Okay, well, so he, here's my thought on that, is that j- just because you, just because you have the talent right. to play the role doesn't necessarily mean you need to. Okay. And especially, to me, someone like her who is such an established right. person... Um, she doesn't. She doesn't need that role, no. and she doesn't need that money. Right. Um, she doesn't need the visibility, right. really. Even, I mean, like it, at this point, any acting she does is gravy. Right. You know, she's not even in. She's a list. You right. know. So, it whether she has the talent or not to do it, you know, cool. But play an alien. Yeah. Um, whereas you have people who. Um, you know, I don't have the statistics off of the top of my head, but you know, trans women are murdered at a rate oh, exponentially. Well, that's... No, but it's not. Wait, wait. I'm gonna tell you how it's connected. So you've got you've got people who um, are kicked out of their homes. Right. Like, this is what we're seeing in Pose, right? Yeah. Is that they become part of these houses because they have family and they have support and to meet basic human needs. Right. So. Uh, what is that Maslow's hierarchy of need where you have like food and shelter yeah. and then mm-hmm. you know the other things like spirit and ambition yeah. and all that those go up once you have the other things right. at the base of the pyramid to support you and so I mean of course people who are um, kicked out of their homes and don't get probably even high school educations a lot of the time you know they're not they're not getting the chance to um, be in the high school play they're not they're not going to college for acting. They're, you know, they're not in, like, going to Yale drama like Meryl Streep. And right. so, um, and it's not, it's not the same for everybody, but I'm just, I just mean that the, their life experiences, in, in some, like, I, I don't know, I think some people can be amazing actors without that much training. Right. Um, and I guess I would rather see, because I think the Electra can be super stilted on Pose, the, yeah. the woman who's mm-hmm. the, the original yeah, house, yeah, who's yeah. so regal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she, but I think it kind of works for her because she is so put on, the character Yeah, is she's so put on. overacting on purpose, like, I, at times? Well, I think so, but, and then also, I don't know if this was written this way on purpose, but now that I, I've heard it, it right. drives me insane. And it's not just her. They don't use contractions. <laughs> and so it has this very, like, stilted... Yeah, I know um, this, you it know, has to be I, written that I way. I will yeah. not do this. It ha- yeah, it has to be written that way. It it has to be on. Yeah, it has to be. There has to be a reason for it. I wonder. Yeah. You should write them. <laughs> no, I I I believe in authenticity, and I'm not trying to be. Um, and I'm, I don't want to think like Jerry Lewis when he did the. Um, he played the the Chinese person. It was really offensive, like in the '60s or '70s. Jer- Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis. The the telethon guy? Yeah. I he played like an Asian, but I mean really offensive, had the buck tea. So oh, okay. I, I I believe me, I get that. Um, you know, I can also go back to West Side Story with like, you know, spray tanning people 
to play Puerto Ricans. Yeah. Uh, and things of that nature. So I know it's wrong. I just, um, I guess, you know, I guess, I, yeah, I wonder, like, is it, so yeah, I'm seeing it more on the level of um, just the idea of acting in a role as a role. But then, I mean. But, but here's the thing. Scarlett Johansson is not the best actress. She's not. She's not. She's. She has a weird voice, too. <laughs> well, I just, the, this, sorry, it would be sorry, an sorry. odd coincidence <laughs> right. if, um, so, ev- like, everybody who's A-list basically looks the same. They do. So how you know how did evolution work it out that the people with the most acting talent all look the same? Right. They no, I got you. They're selected on the basis of their looks. Oh, their looks, yeah, and also their name recognition. Like people point. used to say that um, Scarlett Johansson was an example of someone who was curvy. Well, I mean that's curvy by Hollywood standards, right? I mean, what's her name? Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, they used to say that she. Yeah, like so because oh. she was not like Uma Thurman, who's like really skinny, right? I mean. Yeah. Yeah, she's like a size four instead of a zero. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. So, so the, I mean, that's the, the, I don't know. I think, I think seeing multiple people, different sizes, different looks and different ethnicities, different is important, you know, trans, genders or whatever, um, isn't, is an important thing. I just, you know what? I don't even know why I'm asking this question. <laughs> No, because when I start unpacking, I'm like, well, I sound like an idiot. So, no. No, because I'm like, well. Idiot or not? No. Helpful? No. Um, no, because it's true. It's like, yeah, well, it's just because, you know, she doesn't have to take that role. And what does it mean on a, on a marketing campaign? What does it mean to have someone like Scarlett Johansson? Yeah. You know? Well, Brian and I used to argue about this um, when, I don't know if he'll remember this, but, I mean, the of whether you could have people whether you could bring people in who were not famous yet right. in big projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and my position was always that it takes the people who already have the resources weighing in and right. saying, this is what I want. Right. Um, like that, that John Krasinski movie that he and Emily Blunt made mm-hmm. where their, director, yeah. their daughter was deaf and, the, and they made a point of okay. casting a deaf actress and they said they wouldn't do it if, if right. they didn't have a deaf actress. Um, it... Yeah, I, I think that's what it takes is people who have who have the resources then, you know, saying this is what I want and if I take a pay cut for that, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it is important to have representation and authenticity, which we talk about a lot on this podcast. So, yeah, um, I'm going to reverse what I was asking and then we'll just move forward. So, Karen, did you have any new memories this week? Oh, yeah, I did have a new memory. Uh which was um, walking over the Brooklyn Bridge as part of the demonstrations um, in support of um, all the migrants who've been detained recently. Um, I guess by the time we post this, maybe it'll be a couple Saturdays back, but it was, you know, there were demonstrations all over the country and in here in the city, um, there were big, there were big rallies in the the part that I uh, participated in we started at Foley Square in mm-hmm. Manhattan and then marched over the bridge. And then there was supposed to be in Brooklyn, well, there was supposed to be, there was in Brooklyn a big rally at Cadman Plaza at the um, at the courthouse. Um, but it was a really hot day. Um, it's funny, talk about things that help or don't help. Yeah. It was, 
It was hot last it week. It was very hot. It was very hot. It was in the 90s. Um, apparently everyone I know besides me understands how hats work. Mm. Um, and that did not occur to me in my giant noggin. So, um, I don't know. It was. I was glad I did it. And I wanted, I wanted to be, um, you know, every... I wanted I wanted to be part of the it's it's a douchey word, but like the optics of yeah. the situation. I, I wanted that, it to be a visible yeah, you know, thing to turn out and so um I'm glad I did it. We all kinda got uh everybody got at least mildly sick off of it because the we heat, were right? yeah, yeah. Just be, the bridge isn't that long but um when you're you know yeah. i think in this i think in the city there were thirty thousand oh, people who turned out i don't know how many were actually on the bridge but it right. took between foley square so like for me to walk that normally i'd say it would probably take half an hour yeah and it took us three and a half hours uh, in 90 degree heat uh, on top of a bridge Helpful or not helpful? Helpful or not helpful? Um, yeah, yeah. I'm glad I did it. Cool. I'm glad I did it. Yeah, it was. I mean, obviously, what's going on is just completely unacceptable, and that's it. I mean, I didn't. I'm not under any impression that doing that fixed anything, but I, I do want yeah. it to be very. You know, I want it to be very visible that people care, and there, there are other steps that we're gonna take. So. Yeah, no, I mean, it's important. Um, you know, I don't know if it helps at all. Like, you know, but I mean. You say I don't know if it helps at all. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I just don't. I, I'm not trying to. Well, I sound so horrible this episode, and I apologize. Um, no, I just mean like, you know, it's it's good to be marching with people, especially people you care about, that are friends or whatever. And um, you kind of like you're in the same zone and you're like that. But then I, I'm just like. I, you know what it is? I, this, it didn't I, fix anything. I, I, this president has no heart. Yeah. So it's like, I just, and, and the people who are around him have no heart or balls right. or any stones or anything that makes it, the person have some sort of courage. Yeah. Um. So it's like, I but don't I know. want, I do want, I will want people, I want people from the countries, I want, I want the immigrants and I want the people from the countries they're immigrating from. And from our allies around the yeah. world to see that this version of America that's uh, happening is not, it's not who we all are. Right. That's not the only narrative. Yeah. I mean, I was watching, you know, I <laughs> watch way too much, you know, British mm -hmm. um, yeah. knockoff TV show stuff. And they were talking about how the, um, the special relationship that we've had with them. Um, there was one particular comedian where he just said, you know, we have that relationship based on the debt as a British person, he was saying the debt that they feel that they owe the U.S. because we interceded in right. World War II. Two, right. And yet they they cannot have that relationship with people who put children in cages. Yeah. That makes sense. It makes yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, no, I, I, I knew it was not a fix yeah. for anything, but I still... Um, no, and I'm not you know, knocking... That, that you know I've I've marched in the past um, for things it's just my viewpoint um, after I guess I'm jaded yeah yeah <laughs> because you know I marched and I really it was uh, for the, the war in Iraq and uh, so it was a while ago and I just felt like you know looking at our leaders at the time they just didn't like it didn't even phase them like yeah you know like I I don't know it is what it is so everyone please keep marching because 
It, it helps. It helps somehow. It, it must. Yeah. I just. In another thing, um, I'm I'm looking into a few different things. I'm waiting to hear back on them. But there's a website called StandWithImmigrants.com, mm-hmm. and there are um, there are dozens, you know, of organizations all over the country. And the ACLU, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean you can you can plug in your zip code and, and yeah. find organizations that are directly um, yeah. supporting the detainees. So. Um, yeah, I'm waiting to hear about there's um, there's a pen pal program mm-hmm. I mean, because people are just so isolated. Right. Um, and then also there are organizations um, here in the area that do do visits. Right. Because people have just been. Well, it's just they've just been put in prison and they have no one. They have no one around. So, um, yeah, I may I may end up doing that. And then also there's um, there's a drive to put together packets of um stationary mm. for people so that they can um they can write to people on the outside right. because the only the only way that they're allowed to do that is if they buy stamped envelopes from the commissaries of these privately owned jails that are making money off of them well yeah and so if um you know we can we can put some stuff together and send it to them i it's small stuff but the I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is to fix the policy part of it right, right. now, aside from midterms and, and whatever else we can do. But in the meantime, I feel like we have to take some kind of steps to try to like ease the suffering. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I 100%. I mean, this country, do better. Yeah. <laughs> do better. Yeah, and it, just the idea that it's not a, it doesn't fix everything, I still think it's worth it to try. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. So that's my that, Mary Poppins. Yeah. On that note, um, <laughs> helpful or not? <laughs> ask yourself. Yes, please do. Uh, so this is Broken Corners. Uh, we are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Oh no, not Spotify. Oh, no, sorry, sorry, Spotify. Got a free <laughs> plug in. there. Tune in. Um, we uh, SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Rate, review, subscribe, yeah. and we have email address. Uh, broken corners at gmail.com that's the one and then we also have some twitter twitter we have instagram facebook so any you want to get in touch with us about anything feel free to do yeah so. hit us up so thank you and uh, talk to you next week and do good